The Mose Knows podcast, hosted by Corey Mose, greatly appreciates you for tuning into this week's episode. Enjoy. Good morning. And good evening, beautiful people. What's popping? Another episode, episode the three. The trifecta. Episode baby. three. You already know. We in the vibes. You in the cut. Dion, how was your week, bro? Man, Just gotta this, ask. This, this week flew by. This week flew by from, from last time we recorded to now. I mean, I feel like it blinked and we're already already back here again. So uh, not much not much crazy happened this week. Um, just keeping my head down, trying to catch up on some of these Netflix shows. But yeah, man, it's, it's it. been a right now. Yeah. I'm watching this show. Uh, it's called The Terminal List, Amazon Prime. OK, it's, oh, a, it's a banger. Got Prime? Don't we my all? Bad. Don't we my all? Bad. I didn't know you had money oh. like that. Okay, broke boy. <laughs> broke boy. I don't mess with broke boys. You're wild for that. I don't mess You're with wild boys. for that. Anyway, what's the show? What's the show? What's the show? Terminalist? That what you said? Terminalist. Yeah, it's about these, uh, real quick, it's about these dudes. They were special ops in the military. Uh, the government gave them a tumor. They ended up trying to cover it up by killing them all, but one dude survives, and now he's on a... He's on a mission to, to figure out who who put the tumor in his brain. Hmm. All right. Real, real quick, ten episode, but say less. That must have been great. Yeah, I've been watching. Um, I've been rewatching basically uh this show on Apple TV called Hijack with Idris Alba. Oh, I've been Solid. hearing. I've been hearing, that, I've been hearing this fire. Solid, bro. You know Idris. You know he do whenever he's in something like he low key kills his role every single time. I heard so. they didn't end it end it off well, but I heard like before that it's fire. Did you? Yeah. Are you finished it or? Yeah, I already finished it. I'm just rewatching it, but uh, I like the ending though, and it was cool. I thought it was a little bit slow the first couple episodes, but you know it, it started to roll once the ball got rolling. Episode three, like we're good to go. I'm locked in. So you got apple tv you you don't want the money what? hey man you caught me broke so i'm broke bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right bro all right bro Let, let's let's get down let's, to the nitty-gritty let's lock bro. In. let's, let's lock, lock in. in man as y'all know as you should know uh, as you better know i mean golly if you haven't heard texas won the big 12 championship defeating oklahoma state thrashing them to be honest bending them over slapping them around like, it's pretty bad 49 to 21 ut got the dub while breaking multiple records by quinn ewers he is now the big 12 passing record holder and also texas broke the record for total yards in a game for the big 12 title 662 yards for the day Dion. Ugh, that was nasty don't forget don't forget the most important one they got the wwe championship from uh, here we go the undertaker hey let me get your thoughts you like the belt you saw quinn Ooh, raise it up I'm, look i'm you told me that it's some partnership but i'm still confused why <laughs> they got a belt but that's a definitely a moment that's definitely a dope moment for quinn so i mean he's definitely gonna get that picture hung up like yo undertaker gave me the belt for the rest of the year i'm le- i'm at least on that joint on the on the shoulder you know gotta so, on the shoulder. that's, that's kind of live that's kind of live so you know I, I like it i like it yeah i saw a video of undertaker before the game holding it and you could he said uh this is kind of heavy so for him to say like it's kind of heavy like you know no, that felt real deal bro they gave him a real deal joint yeah yeah no, that's fire that's fire i'm still confused why this is a i don't know but this it was live though it was it's live. cool i think the whole celebration was and then like brett yormark i don't know if you saw the video but 
people booing him the whole time he was trying to say something. Dude couldn't say a word the whole presentation. I, I mean, mind you, it's well deserved. <laughs> mind you, it's well deserved. So oh, I'm not gonna. <laughs> getting that Roger Goodell treatment. That, uh, when Roger Goodell be at the draft. That's crazy. Okay, right. Well, you deserved it. Like you say, you des- he deserved it. And there's a picture of uh, one of his family members. I want to. I don't want to call it out because we don't know for sure. But the caption, you know, on Twitter was circulating is that his daughter was the one flicking off the crowd while they were booing at him. Which you know, you got to stand up for pops. I understand, but it's like, ah, it's not really a good look. It's not really a good, it's not really a good look. It's not a good look. Yo, what did they do to Texas? Why? Why? Is, why? This whole year's just been bad for them, man. God. Oh, facts. Facts from the get-go. Just having to hand the trophy off to Sarkeesian after he just talked so much trash beginning of the year about them. Like, he he got what, what was coming to him. So, I don't blame him. I don't blame the Texas crowd for booing it. You know, I thought it was really cool. But I thought it was funny because he did mention in his, like, speech or whatever, your mark, he was like, I do think this team deserves to go to the playoff. Then the crowd starts clapping, right? Cloud's like, yeah, like, cheer them on. And then he starts talking again, and they start booing again. So I'm like, no, I thought we were done. <laughs> I thought we were nah, done. He's, he's taking this beef to the grave. He's taking this beef to the grave, man. But really quick, man, I mean, before we dive in, just real real recap to the game. I mean, I see you you went a little viral there on the on the social media streets, man. How does, how does that feel to be a celebrity, man? Man, don't even that, – I don't like I don't like going viral that way. You know what I'm saying? Because it's – for anyone who doesn't know, I posted a video of Ollie Gordon, Oklahoma State's running back, before the game. He comes into the tunnel, you know, hyped up. Everyone's hyped up right before they run out onto the field. And he's yelling out, F Texas. You know? Um, I get it. You know, you want to have that type of energy before the game. And, you know, you don't like the team you're playing against on the other side of the football. But, like. Ah, I just thought it was a cool thing to post, you know. I just thought, okay, a little, little rivalry brewing, you know. And that's the matchup we talked about last week. How is Ollie Gordon going to play against this Texas front seven? Because this Texas front seven is nasty. And so when I got the clip, I shot it, and I was like, man, this is this is money. Like this is this is what you want, you know. This is right before the game. Rushed over to the media section, right? Did my little edit real quick, in and out. Got my caption ready to go. And then my caption, you know, I wasn't thrashing a kid. All I did was say, you know, Ollie Gordon said F Texas, you know, before the game, this is going to be a good game. You know, like the energy's high. And the next thing I know. And Bleacher Report. <laughs> and Bleacher Report did the most messiest thing in the world. <laughs> they did a before and after this other, other picture, man. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny thing enough with Bleacher Report. You know, they did ask for my courtesy or whatever, so I gave it to them. And I was like, yeah, y'all could post it. But I didn't know they were going to do that with it. Like, doing a whole a few moments later with the SpongeBob meme, like, showing him yelling on the sideline. And, and then, of course, after the game, man, 34 yards rushing, Dion. 34 yards rushing. You can't you can't do that. You can't do that with 34 yards rushing, man. Because guess what? UT's fan base. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna let you hear. UT's fan base gonna let you hear. And after the game, bro, I just kept getting notifications of quote tweets, quote tweets here and there. And even Byron Murphy talked about it after the game, tweeted it out, you know. And it's just like, dang, bro. I just wanted to show the show the energy and the passion from the kid. And now yeah. his, his mention is getting blown up. No, you started a you started a a hate train for sure. 
You started yeah. hate training. Ollie Gordon hate training. And I'm just saying right now, I apologize, Ollie. I didn't want you to get all that smoke. <laughs> I didn't, that wasn't my intention. I'm just letting right now. I'm letting know right now. That was not my intentions. I was just excited for the game, and I thought it was a cool little video that I shot. And next thing I know, a million and a half views later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh man! But yeah, man. But speaking about that though, just with the game, man, that that They're was telling- one point of emphasis. They Texas shut them down. I mean, Texas shot shut down the best, well, arguably the best running back in the nation. He was leading the nation in rushing yards going into that game. Only getting thirty four yards is a big deal. I mean, because we're talking about a kid that we we mentioned last week, and we were able to talk to Michelle Montaigne, sports reporter from Tulsa Eight, and she was describing how. He was leading the nation in rushing after barely playing or getting touches the first three games of the season. And so it's not like he was just balling out the whole year and his numbers stacked up. No, he basically had three less games than everybody else and still was leading the nation in rushing. And so for Texas to only to stop him for only 34 yards rushing, like that's a huge deal and just put a staple on why this Texas front seven is considered one of the best and in my opinion, the best in the nation. <clears throat> but... Other than that, though, we got to talk about the offense, right? Like, this offense was ridiculous. Um, Quinn Ewers, like I mentioned beforehand, 452 yards passing. That's a Big 12 championship record. Four touchdowns. He had one interception, but who cares? Uh, Duke balled out. And uh, it just seemed like he knew what Oklahoma State was running the whole time while he was on the field. I mean, he his preparation was so just feel like locked in I mean he just knew exactly what Oklahoma State was running and where to go with the football and he had a, a lot of great throws and honestly didn't have many throws that I was questioning um there may be one or two deep balls to Xavier Worthy that that made look kind of off and of course that interception but other than that I mean kid balled out he deserves the belt from the Undertaker and uh man I'm just happy for him to be able to have that type of game and I I did want to point out though that's something that we need to get used to now. I think it's time to start start saying like Quinn Ewers balls out in big games. I mean, dating all the way back to last year with Alabama, the first go round. I mean, before he got hurt in that game, he was balling out. I mean, he had a deep throw to Xavier Worthy, went down the field pretty easily, then got injured, you know. And so you didn't fast forward to the Red River shootout last year. Quinn had a tremendous game. After the game, he had the golden hat on, doing his thing. And then fast forward to the Alamo Bowl last year against Washington. Had over 350 yards passing in that game. Another game where he showed, okay, I see the arm. I see the arm talent that everyone's talking about. Then go into this year, game against Alabama, big-time game, bright lights. Guess what? Balls out. Beats Alabama in Tuscaloosa by double digits. Red River game again this year. Had an interception in the first two drives. But after that drive, nearly was perfect. Got Texas back into the game. Got Texas the lead. At the end of the game, and the defense was the one that lost that game for Texas, not Quinn Ewers. And so then you look at this game this past Saturday in the Big 12 championship. And once again, a record-breaking performance. It just seems like every big game that Quinn Ewers has been in, he has shown up and shown out. And I think we got to start giving credit to Quinn. When the bright lights are on, he makes big-time plays. And I think he deserves that and a couple snaps because, man, he has become that guy when the bright lights are on that you can trust him to step up and ball out for the UT. Facts. And my big thing too, I mean, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but 
you're saying, I mean, there's no lights brighter than these next couple these next couple games, Ooh. or at least the next game. You're, you're saying we're, we can expect that the same Quinn in this next matchup, right? I mean, I, I see it. I'm, there hasn't been any, I guess, notion that he can't do it. Every game that he's been in, that's been a big-time game, he's played really well. And so, there's, of course, there's those other games in the conference play that, like, Oh, um, man, he looked kind of lax right there. Or he didn't look great in BYU, or he didn't look great in this game or that game. Not BYU. He didn't play in BYU, but just throwing games out there or names out there, I guess I should say. Uh, even dating back to last time he played Oklahoma State a year ago, looked really bad. And he talked about it in the post game, Like, he watched the tape, and he saw that. And he was like, man, I could play a lot better. And he played a lot better on Saturday. And so, yeah, there's been games where you question Quinn's consistency. But one thing has been consistent. When it's a big-time game, he steps up. And especially now against Washington, they're ranked as the 120th pass defense in the nation. It's out of 130, Dion. So, uh, yeah, they're not great. So, I, I expect Quinn to have a big game against Washington as well. It's, it's probably going to be a shootout. But before we get to that, you know, I also just want to stay on this Big 12 title game and, and kind of talk about that last play that UT had. With you Jonathan know, you Brooks. ruined it, bro. I had a great tr- see. I was. Oh my say, bad, man. my bad. You he can still do it. Hey, this he want to cook. I was gonna say, <laughs> no matter you know the great game Quinn had, you know he wasn't the last one taking the snap. Uh, mm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, what happened there? Hey, that was a great transition, bro. That's what I'm saying. Let me, let me, let me, let me help you cook, let you. man. I'm gonna let you cook. Like, let me, <laughs> let me help you cook, man. Tell us a little bit about that, about that last play, man. Was that, you know, are you? Did you hear something about this going to be the last play if, if Texas was, was to win, or where did this come from? Yeah, so Arch Manning did take the snap. You know, everyone loves Arch Manning. Um, but it was a guy behind Arch that got all the um, the claps and, and, and praise was Jonathan Brooks. You know, Jonathan Brooks tore his ACL uh, out for the season, and so he was actually on the field for the last kneel down, and Arch kneeled the ball down and gave the ball to Jonathan Brooks, and you saw everyone kind of – corral him and be and surround him with love and stuff like that because they know how much this moment meant to him and you're right after the game we talked to coach Sarkeesian and a couple of the players about that moment and coach Sark kind of just basically described how this was something they planned ahead of time uh this is something that they practiced during that week and he said once they had that during practice and they had Brooks go out there everyone was wondering why is that and he told the team like look we're gonna have Jonathan take a snap in this Big 12 title game. He wanted Jonathan to have a snap in his Big 12 title game to show on record that he played. And he wanted the guys to visualize them winning the ball and kneeling, winning, winning the game and kneeling the ball with Jonathan Brooks in the backfield. He wanted them to visualize that so that when it happens in real time, it's something they've already seen before. And so we're actually able to, to listen to uh, defensive back Jade Barron about what that moment was like for him. And the, the lead up to that moment and what that moment meant to not only Jade, but the rest of his teammates. We did that over the week just so we can get a feel and, and be ready and we can visualize it and we can go put it. We're going to put it to existence and put it to work. So just to have him to have the opportunity for him, uh, knowing that he, he's been down, he got an injury he's going through to, to go out there and step and, and still be a part of the team and suit up. Uh, it was amazing. It was amazing for that. It meant a lot for the whole team. It, it may not seem like it, but it meant, it meant a lot for us, and I know it meant a lot for him because even though he's hurt, he put in a lot of work just like we did just to get here. Uh, it's a lot of games he played in that he helped us win. So so it's kind of like a, a moment where we got to give our hats off and tip our hats to him as well. So, yeah, Dion, you heard it there first. Like, 
this is something that they vi- envisioned and they wanted it to happen. And I think everyone knows that that was a big moment for Jonathan, you know, because he was a big time loss to this team. But the fact that they're still able to keep winning and now in the college football playoff, it's a big deal. And it, it sucks that Jonathan's not there, but they at least wanted him to have that moment with him and the team. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, it sounded like there was a lot of emotions mm-hmm. um, on this on this on this game day. Um, playing in a big game like this, um, it was supposed to be a, a close game. Everybody's predicting a close game, but you know, giving a butt whooping. Stupid. And you know, I heard there's a lot of other stories of you know some crazy things. Um, you told me that there was somebody else that had an emotional story uh, uh, on, yeah. on what was it Saturday? Who, who else had an emotional story? You, let me know, please. Yeah, yeah. Know. defensive tackle uh, Byron Murphy. So after the game, you know me, I'm in the yeah, cut with it. I'm in the cut with it. You feel me? The fatty's coming down. I'm looking around, head on the swivel, trying to figure hey, out what can I you shoot. You just as good as uh, you just as good a cameraman as a uh, Maury Maury's cameraman. Hey, you are not the father. <laughs> oh, yeah, but facts though. I'm chasing after people the whole time. There. And I tell you what, celebration shooting. It's super fun, but. Man, it's stressful. Could you're trying to figure out what to shoot? How long do you hold the shot? Because something else could be happening behind you. You're trying to get all the emotions. But yeah, so while I was doing that, I saw Byron Murphy off to the side um, with his family, and so I, you know, I kind of jogged over there to try to get the shot of him hugging his his family. It looked like his pops and his mother. Um, and so while he was hugging him, you know, I just saw the emotion. And of course, you know, you, you have that moment with your family and. I, you really don't see Byron, at least the media doesn't see Byron in that type of emotional state that often. And so being able to see that, I felt the need to ask him in the press conference, why do you feel like, or what was that moment like for him and his family to have that that hugging moment? And little did I know, he revealed to us that the day before the Big 12 championship, his uncle passed away. It was a family emergency. You know, it wasn't Jeez. expected. And so hearing that, it was like, this dude played with a heavy heart before the biggest game of his life. And he had a really, really, really good game. And so to be able to ball out the way he did, knowing the emotions behind that, man, I was just so happy that he was able to do that and honor his uncle in that way. And I'm sure his uncle is proud of his nephew, uh, the way he bought out against Oklahoma State. But yeah, learning that was was very was very sad to hear. But um, like I said, I'm sure his family's proud of the way he honored his uncle on Saturday. Uh, man, it means a lot because, uh, you know, I, uh, yesterday it was a you know, family emergency happened, like a, a little tragedy or whatever. You know, I lost my uh, my uncle. So today it means a lot. You know, I dedicated I dedicated this game to him. So it means a lot. I love him and I, uh, I'm surely miss him for sure. But having that uh, that moment with my family means a lot to me, man. No better feeling. Yeah, this this season for Texas, um, you know, it hasn't been the easiest, Mm-mm. you know, injuries. You know, death to uh, team members, families. Um, it, I feel like they have a lot on their shoulders uh, when it comes to this this college football playoffs. And man, with them, if they're playing like this now, and you know, having all these added pressures. It, man, yeah, I know. I mean, I can see. I, <laughs> I know. it's you know looking like a, it's looking like one of those movie like stories <laughs> that. They they might could they might could pull this thing out, man. Um, that's a great point, though. Really that's a great point. Let me just touch on that real quick because that's something we talked about um, before the game. When I say we, Jeff Jones and I, or for KV, we, when we went live before the game at nine a.m., nine thirty a.m. 
uh, one thing that I pointed out was with this season, there's been so much adversity. But if you really do like think about it, right? You lose Quinn Ewers for a couple games. Still, Malik steps up, balls out. And then next thing you know, you lose Jonathan Brooks. Then Seth Baxter steps up. And, um, you know, you have a Jaden Blue stepping up. And mind you, oh my goodness, Keelan Robinson. I haven't talked about him yet with this recap. Yeah, you, you told me about a crazy this stat. This stat is wild. Hey, shout out CJ Vogel on Twitter. That's my dog for t- for tweeting this out. So this is this is his stat. He looked it up. Keelan Robinson has had 10 touches in the last two games. 10 touches. All right? <laughs> 10 touches. I got you. We're, we're at 10. Yeah. Keelan has three touchdowns and one okay. kickoff return for a touchdown within those 10 okay. touches. So you're telling me nearly half the time he gets the ball, he scores a touchdown. Like, get that man the get ball. Get the man the ball. Get the man the ball. Get that man the ball. Dude is balling out, man. And so, yeah, shout out Keelan, another guy, right, that's waiting his turn, you know, not expected to get a lot of touches in the first place. And so now with Jonathan Brooks out, he's another guy that's been stepping up in that running back room, kind of fill the gap. And I'm just proud that like he's able and happy for the kid that he's able to do that now, uh, knowing that he's transferred from Alabama and knowing that like when he transferred here, the expectation was kind of high for him. But now it's like get in how you fit in, and he's fitting in pretty well. And he does this celebration where he goes like he goes like this, like I don't know, like, I don't know how I did that. I think that's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a cool little celebration. But yeah, like props to Keelan for doing that. But like I was mentioning earlier, though. Um, so much adversity on this team. Quinn going down, Jonathan Brooks going down, uh, just little things here and there of people talking trash about them, going back to Iowa State, you know, calling them out, and then dudes uh, talking trash before the Big 12 title game in Oklahoma State, that frat killing a Longhorn. I don't know if you saw the pictures of that. That was sick. Um, having a Longhorn. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You didn't see that? You didn't what? You didn't see that? <laughs> Bro, no, that's but there was this picture before the game of a of a of a Longhorn basically, like guts out on the front lawn of one of these uh, fraternities at Oklahoma State. They were saying it's like a prank that they were pulling on each other. Uh, so I guess one frat house pulled a prank on another frat house. But like that's sick, like that's sick. And so that's why Quinn oh, that's Quinn Ewers on his Instagram post on Tuesday, his caption was for Bevo's cousin. <laughs> That's what he, that was his caption. It was for Bebo's cousin talking about, you know, the guy over there, you know, so that, what a caption, by the way. Like, I, I guess people, I guess people just aren't learning that, yo, Texas is just keep giving. Don't what, motivate what the them. Jordan, what was the Michael Jordan doc? I took that personal. Hey, <laughs> I took that personal. Bro, like, why? Like, they're, they're making, they're just giving them more motivation to go out there and spank them. I mean, like you said, they're averaging 35 a game. Yeah, bro. Like, yeah. you, you don't need to give these guys any extra motivation no. to, to come whoop you. And now you're going to do Bevo Cousin like that. It's like, ah, now we now we can't let up on you. We could have we could have tried to make this close, but nah, we're going we're gonna to whoop on you. Yeah. We're going to have, we're going to hold Ollie to 34 yards and we'll get you out of here pretty, the pretty quickly. Like, yeah. It, it, you didn't have to do I, that. I don't, I don't get why people... I don't get why people. Yeah, are and then the whole Yomar comments before the season started. You know, like that—that's the type of stuff that it adds up. It really does add up, and and they they have this saying where it's embrace the hate. And I know a lot of people don't like that because it's like, 
who like everyone hates you for a reason and like you know texas thinks they're all big and bad and texas thinks they're all this and that but like people really do hate texas like i i didn't i didn't realize that until i started working in austin but did a lot of teams in the big 12 that genuinely hate texas and so of course like embracing the hate it's a real thing it really is and i think they've done that so far and man now they got into the college football playoff but yeah d top four is in what are your what are your thoughts on the top four you think they got it right uh man i mean there's a lot of politics in it um i feel bad you do have to feel bad for uh florida state um but i do think they got it right i think um yeah i think these are the four teams that everybody wants to see besides florida state yeah i think i think consensus would say that these are the four teams that we want to see um even though you know florida state did find a way to be undefeated we just don't want to see out without <laughs> we just don't want to see out uh jordan travis so no. No. <laughs> you know no. it, yeah and you know i think i think the the committee was suffering from ptsd from tcu letting them in there um and i think tcu kind of ruined it for i guess those heartfelt stories and like oh yeah this we let this team in and they <laughs> they beat one team and yeah they got there and yeah you know it's like embarrassed. yeah embarrassed. so i think the committee was suffering from that of like yeah let's just put the four I don't care what the record is. Let's just put the four best teams in here and just rock out. Um, but like I say, it, it does suck. It does suck for them. I do feel bad for them. You know, you you prepare all season, you fight through a major injury, and you still find a way to win two games. Um, you did suck for them, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's it sucks for them, but it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. It is, what it is. Um, and I it is before what it we is. dive deep into this, because we're actually going to talk about this after the interview that we have. Uh, and so, just want to give my thoughts real second, real quick. Like, they got it right. They got it right. They yeah. got it right. So, before we actually get into that, let's actually get into this interview that we have. So excited, by the way, Dion. Like, what a great interview this was. Uh, this is with Lifetime Longhorn. You know what I'm saying? Jermichael Finley we was able to. Have him, the, yeah. These are Michael. Finley. My bad. The, my bad. My bad. You right. You right. These are Michael. Finley. Elevate. Elevate you. Uh, he was able to hop on to the Mo's Nose Pod and uh, was able to give us some time just to talk about him being on the sidelines. That's who I was actually saw him on the sidelines during the game, and he was with a couple other former Longhorns: Marvell Overshone, Roshan Johnson, Vince Young. You know, everybody was out there. Quandre Diggs. They're doing their thing. So uh, was able to talk to Jermichael about his thoughts on the game. Also, his thoughts about the playoff that we were just discussing, and his son Dion uh, at Alito right now, balling out. So yeah, doing yeah, what's it like He's for a- him as a father to be able to watch his little mini me now making plays like he did on the football field? So here's the interview with Jermichael Finley. Hope y'all enjoy. What's up, everybody? Got to give a cheers to the main man that's joining us now, the owner of Elevate You, by the way, creator and owner, lifetime Longhorn, six-year pro, including a Super Bowl championship with the Green Bay Packers, Jermichael Finley. What's popping, my guy? How you doing? I'm good, man. It's a living dream to stand out the way, man. And, uh, man, support my horns. And uh, like I said, man, ho- hoping these guys can come out with a dub and uh, represent the Longhorns well. 
And before we hopped on, man, you talking about you just doing finals, finals week? What, what's she doing with that? Uh, you in uh, right now, this boy don't sleep, man. Busy, busy week, man. Uh, just finished uh, finish a fin- final for uh, fundamentals of nutrition, and man, what what a week it's been. But uh, overall, just excited to uh, really just finish my education at the University of Texas and I uh, get my degree. And uh, pray to God I can hopefully go into football. Uh, and navigate through that that uh, that life and uh, start my second career, man. Uh, and I'm I'm ready to go. So you talking about like coaching, right? That's that's we try to hop into. Yes, sir. Oh yeah, this guy's not taking no days off. He's 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 clocked in. He's clocked in seven days, man. This guy this guy's not slowing down no time soon. No time, baby. So man, just uh, I'm excited to be on your show, man. Uh, your podcast and uh, you know, I mean, showing. Uh, let Austin know what I got going, and let Austin know uh, how how much I love my Longhorns, and and uh, just let the alum the alum know that I mean we we back. Yeah, you talk about how much you love them. I, you love them so much. You're on the sideline on Saturday. I saw you out there dripped out like usual. You know what I'm saying? I already know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, I just want to get your perspective while you were on the sidelines watching the game in person. What were some of your thoughts from this year's team when they won the Big Twelve championship? Well, a ton of thoughts, man. One, uh, started the, at the man, at the, the head coach with Sarkeesian. He has uh, uh, developed these kids to buy into, you know what I mean, his program, his way of coaching, uh, and his way of going about things. Um, and, and the second thing is that the, the guys, the guys that they have implemented into the program, man, they, they came to play. It just, uh, as I was looking at, at, the, at the field and at the guys uh, battling, um, Saturday, it just looked like the old Texas. It, it looks, it looks like Texas is back. And uh, all the guys that I was with, Vince Young, Selvin Young, Jamal Charles, Michael Griffin, them guys was, was pretty stoked about what we saw on Saturday. Speaking about that old team, Dion had a question for That's you. That's crazy. That. <laughs> he beat me to the punch. I was literally, <laughs> literally had the question here on paper. Like, when it comes to this Texas team, do you see any similarities to? Uh, you guys, when you won the championship, did, does this team remind y'all, and what fa- or what facet do they remind y'all of? Um, you know, y'all selves when y'all won that championship. W- um, what is it about this team that makes them so special? Uh, first, first, and, and what, what I believe about is the swag. It, it's uh, how you look. It's, it's how you play, and then how you play is how you get paid. So um, the, these guys are coming out with the drip, the swag. They're coming out very confident. Uh, Sarkeesian is not letting them get out of hand with all of like the swagger and things, but he's letting them be kids. He's letting them show what they worked so hard for uh, in the dark and what these guys uh, love to do. And you, you can you can see it first when, when they first hit the tunnel. Them guys are jacked up, ready to go. You got their swag rag on. Guys are you know what I mean? Guys are just walking out confident. And I can I, I saw OSU the other day. It was like man, this this is Texas. This ain't the Texas team we saw on film. So, what what, what they're doing is very very special uh, for the city of Austin, and uh, I'm I'm pretty excited. That's awesome, G. That's awesome. Yeah, because you're right. They do have that swagger. I know when they came out against TCU, they had a little boombox with them, you know. Yeah. And so that type of stuff that that gets everybody hyped and gets everyone locked in. And so you're totally right about that. And I actually just wanted to throw one out to you, throw a question out to you just about uh, your position, tight end. There's another great one at UT right now, Jatavian Sanders. 
uh, I know we didn't really discuss this beforehand, but just your thoughts on his play so far in his in his last couple of seasons. And uh, man, what what makes him special in your eyes? I do 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 some play uh, once again. Dude got swagger, and, and one thing that I do I, I, I like that he do is when he get the ball, he get jiggy with it. Uh, he, he gets yards. He gets yards after the catch, uh, and he makes it very, very hard on the the cornerbacks, the linebackers, the safeties. Um, and, and he's not that tight end that gets the ball and goes down. He's a tight end that can get upfield and make things happen. So I love watching that kid play. And like I say, don't want to look too far ahead, but he's going to be a great uh, prospect at the next level for sure. Yeah, just curious. Do, do y'all have a relationship? Do you talk to him at all? Yeah, I, I when, when I come down to Austin, you know what I mean. I I, I jab him here and there, give him give him a little wisdom and knowledge. Uh, but other than that, hopefully after the season, when things slow down um, and, and he's elevating and going to the next level, I can give him some knowledge about what to expect on the next level and what to uh, look for also. So uh, hopefully that relationships get tighter. And I also just wanted to talk about you speak about giving knowledge. I'm sure you're giving knowledge to. Your boy that's in your household right now, Caden, your little son. Uh, man, man, he's I heard he's a stud out. out there. Even I shouldn't call him little. Dude's big as heck. Uh, he's balling <laughs> yeah, out, dude. Dude's balling out, Alito, in the playoff run. So just wondering, just as a father, you know, while you're on the sidelines or even when you're in the stands watching your son play, what's that like? You know, is it is it kind of like, dang, that's crazy? Like that's that's my boy. Like how does that feel? Man, it's it's uh, it's different. Um, it, it's uh, it's pretty sweet actually. Uh, I get to, I get to, you know I mean, coach him up a little, and then after coaching him up, I get to go see what he loves to do his best, and that's playing football, and playing at a very high level and playing it fast. And, uh, and every time I see him, it's like I get, I get more nervous than when I played in the Super, when I played in the Super Bowl in 2010. Is going to see my kid, you know what I mean? Because one other thing is that it's out of my hands. It's, it's all in his, so I can't play for him. You know what I mean, so it's uh, it's pretty sweet, man. I'm I'm just you know what I mean, I'm enjoying enjoying the ride, making sure he's um, he's determined and de- de- and demanding about his his future and what he really wants to do. So I just I stay on the little parts, uh, the off the field parts, because the on the field parts is uh, you know I mean DNA don't travel, DNA travel, so. Uh, <laughs> I, I ain't got to worry about he's that. Straight. He's straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's good. <laughs> That's all he, Read him between the lines. He going to be straight on the field. He going to be straight on the field. I, I, I'm just working on the things in, inside the ears, and that's his brain and the little, the little miscellaneous things uh, for when we go into war on the field. But other than that, we good. And I'm just curious, like, when you watch him play, are, are you a yeller at the refs? Like, oh, you missed that call? You, like, calm with it when you watch him? Yeah. I mean, I it it depends. It depends on how close the game is. If we blowing them out, or but if we pretty close, I'm I'm pretty hoarse after the game. I'm I got that coach. <laughs> I got that coach's voice after the game. You can't hear nothing I'm saying. So it, it just it just depends on uh, what what the dynamic of the game look like. Got you. And that was when it came to football. Was that something that he just picked up one day, or was that something that he just watched you and was like, okay? I'm gonna try it out, and he just ended up loving it. So, how, how was that for him getting into getting into football? I'm big, I'm big at mental reps, uh, so I think more of watching, uh, more of the expectations uh, that that I require, uh, and, and he knows what what level I want him to play at. So, I think it's just translated over to, 
You know what I mean? Him playing at a very high level at a very young age, um, knowing what I expect, knowing what I want. And I think I think that's just and a fifteen year old head is like, Oh, my dad played in the National Football League. Oh, my dad still my dad loves the grind, so I might want to pick off what he left off at. So I, I really think that's what it is. And his recruitment, I, I know he's still young. He got a lot of time left when it comes to recruiting, but I know back in your day, you had a ton of offers. And so how are you trying to help him navigate, you know, that whole aspect of people starting to show him love and coaches reaching out, but still like staying focused and keeping the main thing, the main thing. And that's my thing. Keeping the main thing, the main thing. What, what got you here is, is your grind and scoring touchdowns and doing all that. Uh, I don't pretty much like the recruits or the scouts coming during the course of the season, but mm-hmm. when we grind it in the off season and you can, you can put all that stuff to the side when the first, when first week come, we can deal with that. But other than that, I try to keep the, the recruits, the scouts away and, and, and make the first thing the first thing and, and try to, you know I mean, I, I'm the facilitator. I'm, I'm Jerry Jones in this situation. <laughs> Got you. And, you know, yeah. I, I see that he has a he had an offer from Texas. Are you pushing him to to go that way, or, mm. or what, what we what are we what are we thinking? Nah, it, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. There, uh, Texas continue to win. Texas continue to be in the uh, in the top ten and uh, and, and showing uh, these kids around the country, not only my kid, that the University of Texas is one of the best programs around in the country. It's gonna speak for itself. So. And I think that's what it's going to really come down to, Texas speaking for itself. Yeah, you talk yeah. about continuing to win. Uh, that winning has got them into the college football playoffs. Just initially, your thoughts on this matchup with Washington, uh, and how do you think the Longhorns stack up? Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, they stack up well. Uh, very, uh, very, very. It's going to be a, a game that's on. The lights are on. And I, mm-hmm. one thing, I don't think Washington is ready for that. And, uh, I think that's what we got to plus that. But at the end of the day, these kids are at D1 schools for a reason. So everybody on that field is going to be ready to play and fulfill their dream. So I think Texas need to come out and, and do the, do what they've been doing. is playing smash mouth football and playing Texas Longhorn football. And I think they'll get this win. Yeah, this is, this is, I'm excited. I'm excited for this whole thing, man. I mean, what, what was your initial thoughts when you, you saw him in that fourth spot? Did you, were you nervous? Did you think the, the committee was going to rock with him? Uh, what was your thoughts on that? Uh, at the end of the day, if Texas went out and had the business like they did at AT&T Stadium, I knew the world. I knew the the, the rankings and the standings was going to do its, its own due diligence because, uh, once again, the iron Texas up on you, and we showed <laughs> a lot of weight. You know what I mean? And I think for my – well, I know for – for TV, they want that Texas Bama game. That's not be crazy. Mm-hmm. And then Ace Town. So and we wanted two though. We wanted huh? two. I, I wanted two. Like I want to see the rematch. Let's see that rematch and see what you know. What I mean, both schools got. See what we can. See what we can come up with. And uh, like I said, I'm just. I'm pretty excited uh, to see Texas go to Bama. Hey, question for you. Uh, they're going to the Sugar Bowl. Big time bowl. You talk about when the bright lights are on you. You know that's when big time players step up. What, what's your most memorable bowl game? What's your favorite one from your memory? Uh, my, mine was uh, going to the Alamo Bowl, and, uh, man, and, and making making a statement there and get my name. Mm. I mean, 
I mean, it was a small bowl, but at the end of the day, it was it was a bowl to where, you know what I mean, that, that was going to put me in the National Football League. And after that, I had, you know what I mean, had scouts in the league calling here and there and on it. So, uh, the Alamo Bowl, it was for okay. me. But, yeah, what was your stat line that game? Uh, stat line that game, I know I got a, I know I got a bill. I know I got a hundo for Ooh, sure. Okay, okay. <laughs> Talk to him. Talk to him. I know I got a hundo that guy. <laughs> Easy. Hey, hey, and that, you're right, it correlated to the next level. I'm just curious, man, you still keeping up with the Packers? Jordan Love, man, he's, he's balling out lately. Yeah, uh, I, I keep I keep up with them guys, man, but at the end of the day, uh, you know what I mean, I'm so busy with my own kids, dealing with my own little situation yeah. and, and, and doing that. But when I catch them, you know what I mean, uh, I, I saw them this, uh, this Sunday night against – Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. and, and Jordan Love really <laughs> did it. Jordan Love showed out. Jordan Love uh, showed the world that he can play play that position, and Jordan Love showed the Packers that they can. They need to keep him. him. Yeah, they yeah. need to keep so him. I'm I'm really I'm really excited about where the Packers are going. Also, um, they got a young squad, the the youngest squad in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's it's going to be a test. It's going to be a lot of hiccups, but. I think them guys gonna do well also. Yeah, that's it's gonna be they they've been riding that love train and he's finally getting <laughs> uh I feel like comfortable in the system after so yeah. many weeks and like you mentioned the youngest team in the league, so of course there's gonna be some growing pains, but now halfway well more than halfway through the season, they're they're looking like they're finding their stride and you beat Kansas City on primetime. I mean that's a that's a big Prime deal. Time. That's a real with, big with, deal. With Pat with Patty Mahomes. That, that's yeah. Big. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's definitely tough. going into he's definitely going into the off season with a uh, no. I, I need to be here. I need to be here. There's I, no, no I, I, absolutely. That, and I know this gotta, draft is loaded with QBs, but I think I should. I think y'all y'all got y'all one. I think y'all got you. And, so I, for and sure. I think uh, I think he's he's going to be that guy for a long time, hands down. Quick question. Uh, now that you, we talk about dudes in the draft, a dude like JT Sanders, right? You know, junior. He he doesn't have to come out. What would, what would you advise him to do? What, what are your thoughts on his situation? Um, now, with, with the stakes so high for himself, going to, you know what I mean, and the top four, um, big, big, big season for him. Huge season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when the skill is hot, you got to strike. And football is that is that type of game. It's not like we playing uh, basketball where bullets are not flying. Bullets are flying every day. Um, and kids are going down instantaneously. And, and it really determines. I'm gonna go deep. It really determines on his 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 his, his well being. It determines mm-hmm. on if he really needs this. It determines on if he see himself going higher next year, which I don't, because I think he he jumped himself up into top ten, is top fifteen. Yeah. How, how how high can the tight end go? You know what I mean? So I think he need to look at that and uh, and leave Texas. It's about that time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, man, he, he upped it. Like, I would, I've been saying all year he's the second best tight end in the country behind Brock Bowers, the kid from Georgia. But, I mean, Brock hadn't been healthy the whole year. So, I mean, who knows oh. where the scouts start looking at him, maybe being the number one tight end in this draft. And I think he, I think he will be. He, he played a big role. He showed, he showed guys that he can take one and hit because the tight end is one of the toughest guys on the field uh, because you got to block and then you got to attack the middle of the field. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, it requires a lot. Uh, and it causes a lot of banging too. So I think the kid's body's ready to go. Hey, quick, man! I was thinking the other day with the the way the rules have changed. 
you know, when you go over the middle nowadays, you don't got to worry about your head getting knocked off like that, you know? So <laughs> how, how much do you wish you would have played back now compared to back then? Oh, man, it, 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 it doesn't change tremendously, man, uh, because the NFL usually, you know what I mean, hype up uh, knockouts and show yeah. knockouts on ESPN and do all of these things back in the day. But now you don't see that as much because of the concussion settlements and all the things that are going on. But what are you seeing is guys with no, more le- lower body injuries, mm. uh, ACLs, mm-hmm. uh, meniscus. So I would love to take, I'll take that injury all day instead of a concussion or a neck injury. But like I said, the game has changed. Um, tight ends know when they go over across the middle, if the safety hit them, it's coming out their pocketbook. Yeah. So they, <laughs> they, they run it. They run it free home across that middle dog. Yeah. And that yak, boy, that yak is looking nice nowadays for tight ends. Yeah. With that body type, you can take those blows yeah. to the chest or to the midsection because they're not going for the headhunters no more. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think the tight end position is continuing to be something that's evolving in the NFL. And if, if you have it's a definitely exploded offense, this year. Yeah, if you have a potent offense. The tight end position has definitely exploded this year. There's a lot of great tight ends no, in the no. league. And, so. and it's going to go, it's going to get better and better every year because, like I said, the NFL is going to hold down on knockout shots. So, that that that's just where we at in the game of football right now. You gonna be in New Orleans? I will be in New Orleans. Oh, have you been there before? Yeah. I ain't never been. Ah man, New Orleans is a blast. It's a ton of culture. You ain't uh, never been in New Orleans. It's a, ton of, it's a ton of art, and it's it's a hey, it, it goes down in in, in, in New Orleans. Ah, it's, right. it's a vibe. It's a vibe. Yeah, I've never been. You're going to get some great energy. You're definitely going to get uh, some great hey, food. You're going to get this right here. Yeah. yeah. Great food. yeah. Hey, you, I yeah. guess Cafe Dumont, is that, is that the hype place? Is that what everyone? Yes. It, yes. It, it, it goes up and it stays up, sir. Okay. <laughs> so it's worth the hype. It's worth the hype. Hey, Say less. Hey, no doubt. No you doubt. play in the Superdome? <laughs> I, I played in the Superdome several times, man. And, uh, and man, what that, was that we like? Took, we, took that, we took that dub. <laughs> just to make sure, yeah. And it's a tough, and it's a ton of energy in New Orleans and in the Super Bowl because it's just it's on top of you. Mm. So, would yeah. you say that's one of the most hectic environments you played in? Yeah, most most hectic besides uh, the Seahawks. The Seahawks oh, is pretty it's good. Yeah, Seahawks <laughs> is pretty good. Uh, other than that, the Super Dome is is nuts. But, but you shut them up though. With the quickness. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no Saints <laughs> marching over here, dog. Ain't no Saints marching over here. <laughs> no, sir. Don't nobody safe me. on that field. <laughs> Hey, man, thank you, Jermichael, so much for just spending time with us, man. We're just blessed to have you on and the insight and just the love that you have for Texas. I, I can just feel it coming through the screen right now, and I just can't wait to see you down there in New Orleans. It's going to be a great time, and hopefully we can link up while we're down there. We will. We will link up. Hey, hook them horns, man. Hopefully we can get this dub down there in New Orleans, though, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We appreciate yes, sir. you, boss. Have a good I appreciate one. appreciate you guys, man. Have a blessed one, too. Man, what an interview, Dion, right? Man, Jermichael is man, awesome. I love, I love that guy. Awesome. I love that guy. Really great energy, man. I like how you said he shut up. He shut how... up the Superdome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he really opened up towards the end, man. You, I love to see, um, you know, athletes, especially us seeing athletes while they were playing and then boom, now we're seeing mm-hmm. them. 
be dads, be active fathers. Like that's super dope to see, to see that he's really hands on. Like he doesn't even want even the recruits to come in and talk to his son during the season. He wants him to focus mm-hmm. on the main thing being the main thing. Like that was, that was super dope too. And I, I, that was my favorite part of the. That's the awesome. Yeah, and I'm excited for his coaching career. I mean, if we can get him on the 40 acres coaching the Longhorns. That'll be awesome. You know, if you want to have alumni come back and they can provide a perspective, not only about, yeah, I played in the pros, but I played in the same uniform you're playing in right now. So I know I know what that Texas across your chest means and stands for because I played for it. So it'll be cool to have him on, to have him on the coaching staff if Sark allows him. And so hopefully he's able to get that done and, and get that job because that'd be real cool. But I mean, you heard him talk about everyone wants that Texas Bama rematch, man. What you think? Would you want that? I mean, yeah, that first that first one to get a part two. You, well, technically, it's I don't part think three. You hardly ever get. You talk about last year. Oh. Okay. Well, I mean, this year was crazy. Yeah. I mean, both years are actually crazy. Now yeah. I think about it. yeah. I mean, yeah, to get a part three is going to be really great to see. And, you know, it's just, like I say, it, it's only crazy to explain that to FSU. <laughs> like anybody that's an FSU fan, it's just tough trying to explain it to like, yo. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, you're, you're undefeated. Yes, we know. We get like, it. We, you you do pass you look you, you all the criteria that we say we have you fit it but, but Texas Bama like come on. yeah like you can't hate us right on, like, like you can't hate us for yeah. one let me get it you're undefeated <laughs> yeah whoop de whoop like you had a great run that's, you know you won with a thirsting quarterback you know congrats but yeah it's 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 tough man it's it's sad. But it's also funny because it's like, yo, you did everything. Right, <laughs> <laughs> everything everything, everything right. they said you're supposed to do. And they were just like, nah, okay, well, I don't really feel like putting five. y'all in. I don't really I feel, feel like, feel like putting y'all in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, if you're from FSU, we're not laughing. We're not no. laughing at you. We're laughing. No, in fact, we're laughing with you. you. But if we're being hopefully, honest, if you watch that game against Louisville, bro, you can't tell me they had top 14. Like you can't tell me that time. Watching that game was, oh my goodness. I was driving home from Arlington during that game. And, you know, had the game on with the little on the phone, you know, and just watching it. Mm-hmm. Just like, dude, this offense is god awful without Travis. <laughs> like, this is hard to watch. It's crazy. It's crazy how one, one man. man can make such a big difference. But I didn't know, though, like the committee, they do factor in injured people. Like, I didn't know that until. They started really laying down the, the guidelines and the bylaws. Like, yeah, they factor in. If a star player is hurt, we will consider that. And so, yes, you should. Because they were going to go to Michigan and get slapped around. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, there's no way they could have beat Michigan. I don't, there's no way they could have beat anybody in the top four. I don't think so. Not with that offense. So, yes. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's just tough to see what Texas did and then what y'all did and be like, hmm. Yeah, we're gonna go and with you. Bama guys. beat the number it's, one it's, team. It's I I think that's what people should be mad at, Georgia fans. If I'm yes. a Georgia fan, I'm pissed, dude. Like we won 29 straight games, and we lose one game yeah. on a neutral site in the SEC championship by one possession, and we won't yeah. go from one to six. Like, come on! No, that's actually that is <laughs> like, a crazy. That's, that's, that's a crazy. crazy. Drop. <laughs> that is a crazy drop. That's crazy. <laughs> that, that is a crazy job. When they started listing all those facts, I was like, 
Dang, that's a crazy <laughs> drop, yo. One, one, one to six. six. After losing one game in 29, or well, in 30 games, technically. One game in 30. Andrew, the back-to-back national champs. You don't get a you don't get a chance yeah. to defend yourself. Like everyone's pissed about FSU. No, I would be pissed about Georgia. Like that sucks. Yeah, just yeah, just throw all their all their their gripes to the side, huh? Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> Watch that game against Louisville and then tell me again. I don't give a rip, bro. Like yeah, you're undefeated. Whoop de whoop, you know. But you're not a top four team. Not a top. Especially not oh, for that conference. Look, man, <laughs> let's let's dive into this this match okay, with Washington. Okay. What, what do you wait? What do you wait, what were what are you, what are you what are thinking? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm man, sorry. Did you see the Did you see the video with Michigan when they found out Alabama was a team? Oh <laughs> man, they was depressed. They was like, "Oh yeah, yeah we gotta go against Saban." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. It was really, it was, they was, man, yo, we gonna be in Florida State. Ooh, we gonna be in that ball. We gonna be in Bama. Now we gotta go still on camera. You gotta clap. Y'all still on camera. Coach finna, coach finna call it practice right after this. We finna start practicing in 30 minutes. Like, gotta get ready. Gotta get ready. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. That match is gonna be crazy. Yeah. And like you said, Texas, Washington. It's going to be a rematch. We kind of mentioned it in our interview with Jermichael, but yeah, last year, Washington and Texas went at it. Washington won that game 27-20. to 20. I was at that game as well. That was my first ever bowl game um, to uh, to cover. So that was really cool for myself at the Alamo Bowl. So it's time to remember the Alamo. Huh, Dion? That should be like the the catchphrase for the next couple of weeks. Hey, I thought that was pretty good. I thought that was pretty good. Remember the Alamo? You didn't like that? All right. My bad. <laughs> oh, hey, now you, hey, I mean, you I trying, appreciate you that. I appreciate that. But you yeah, try. dude, like, going to be a rematch between the Alamo Bowl last year. Now it's going to be for bigger stakes. Um, and last year, though, that was when Quinn Ewers balled out. I know I mentioned it earlier in the in the pod about how Quinn had one of the best games of the season last year in the Alamo Bowl against Washington. He had a 369 yards passing and a tutty. But uh, Michael Penix, I mean, he he had a pretty decent game too, but. Low key, not the numbers he's put up this year. Last year, Texas held him to 287 yards passing, two touchdowns and one interception. Like he, they really, they really crowd him. But the one stat from last year that I won't, I don't think will be the same this year is the rushing yards for Washington. I mean, they had over 150 rushing yards as a team against Texas, and we just talked about how Texas stopped Ollie Gordon for just 34 yards. I don't see Washington rushing for 150 on this Texas defense like they did a year ago, Dion. No, it's it's tough to see, especially like you said, the last two weeks going going against the number one and the number two back. Yeah, it's t- it's tough to see that they they crack eighty mm-hmm. yards, seventy yards. It'll be tough. It'll be tough to see that. Um are you thinking this will be I mean you predicted some yeah, I gotta stop doing this Texas. <laughs> hey, what do you, what do you, I, you thinking it's gonna be a shootout? You thinking it's gonna be a, a close game? What what's your what you what do you think? Well, I think it's like like Jermichael talked about, right? Like high scoring affair for sure. I think it's gonna be a solid 35-42 type game, you know, something around there. Uh I think Texas will be able to get some big time stops though. That I think that's the difference. You know, when it comes to this Texas defense, when they're going against a passing attack like this, if they're able to make teams one dimensional, which they've been doing the whole year, making a lot of teams one dimensional and force them to pass. Now, mind you, this is what Washington wants to do. They want to pass the football, but they also still want to be balanced. 
But if you make them unbalanced, which Texas had accomplished the whole year, then you force them into being one-dimensional, which allows the rushers like Ethan Berg, Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Baron Sorrell to pin their ears back and go after the quarterback. That's when it gets dicey for a lot of these opposing QBs for the Texas defense. So if you make Penix uncomfortable in the pocket, then he won't be able to just sling the rock around. You know, he's going to have to be conscious about that pass rush. And I think there's going to be a couple plays where Texas gets home, gets a couple sacks, or even makes Penix throw throw a ball that he wasn't supposed to, cut the pressure, and maybe an interception here and there. So I think the Texas D will make some opportune plays. And I just don't think this Washington defense, who is ranked 120th in the nation in pass defense, can you don't I have mean, to keep saying it like that. <laughs> they're bad. They're bad in that secondary. They're bad. A stat's a stat. A stat's a stat. So, I mean, especially the way Quinn just oh bought God. out in the last game, and you have a month to prepare, come on. Come on. If, yeah, come if, on. You're, uh, if you're a sports better, definitely go over. Uh, Quinn, over. Quinn's over on his Heavy. yards because it, it slapped for in the last, like, five, six yeah. weeks. So, so I, I think, yeah, I think no, it'll be a good is... matchup. But I, I do think it's going to be – High scoring game. Think Quinn's going to dice him up, but also Texas is going to have a very balanced offense as they usually do. Unlike Washington, I think that Texas defense is going to make Washington one dimensional, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a good game though. And we'll see if we can get that Texas Bama rematch that everyone wants, but uh, except for Michigan fans, Michigan fans don't want that. Uh, but um, <laughs> other than that though, I think it's going to be a real good real good matchup in New Orleans, and I can't wait for New Orleans though. They 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 letting you go out yeah. there. Yeah, we got the we got the okay today, so I'm excited. Ooh, yeah, to be in Ola. Yes, sir. Yeah, y'all y'all flying or driving? Come on, bro. And come on, you're driving. Bro. Damn, come I know on, that's bro. gonna suck, come boy. On, that boy got the eight hour drive, on, bro. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't want to, you know. But you know, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? Yep. You gotta do what you gotta do, man. Hey, bro, go get the spirit, man. Get the spirit. I need to ride that mega bus. What you know about that mega bus? <laughs> I rode in that mega bus one time. It's not that it's bad. Not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's really, I mean, you'd be on there with some oh, questionable yeah. people, but as long as you get a seat for yourself, it's not Yeah, it's so you've been in New Orleans, though. I heard you talk about that with uh, Jermichael. Yeah, my uh, my family's from New Whoa. Orleans. So uh, when I was younger, I went to You told me I you were from Waco. My family is from New Orleans. Okay, my mom, my mom was born in New Orleans. She's born in this, well, not New Orleans, but okay. Louisiana. So she was born in this little, little town called Waterproof. Um, it's like on the edge of New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. She, well, I don't want to keep saying New Orleans, but it was on the edge of Louisiana. It's like a population of like five hundred people. Um, so um, a good, I would say half of my family's in okay. Louisiana. Um, Monroe, 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 yeah, would be exact. Thanks. So, yeah, I've been to Louisiana a lot when I was younger. Um, you know, as you get an adult, it's hard to move around because you got work and stuff yeah, like who that. Needs but, that. Yeah, Louisiana is definitely the spot. If you uh, if you definitely can get a chance to go and get some food. Yeah, we definitely, we're going to be there for about I mean, three or four days. So, yeah, I mean, look, bro, you, you see what you see how Zion Come be on, looking. Bro. So, Come the food, on, the food. bro. We got a name drop. We got a But I, I know he be in the etouffee out there, though. I know he needed to edit. Man, he gumbo hey, good, bro. Breakfast. Hey, breakfast. He hey, he grew the five breakfast, lunch, dinner, <laughs> snacks. He, he got it. He got it all. Hey, you sure could so buy liquor like is, at gas stations in Louisiana, bro. 
I mean, as soon as you cross the border, you can anywhere. Stop it. Anywhere you can, you Stop can buy it. liquor anywhere. Is that why they Literally. talk like that? It'll anywhere, anywhere or any rude. day. I didn't mean you know, that. In Texas, that you can't rude. buy it on Sunday. <laughs> that was rude. My bad. Hey, that was rude. I couldn't say that. Oh, this guy. I want to get this. I want to get I love the accent though. Yeah, baby. Yeah, that's how they be sounding, right? No, don't. Don't don't try oh, to switch bad. it up, bro. My you bad. finna get you finna get that boy finna hey next week we might not see him next week. He's gonna come up with a nine on Hey, head. but God those chips, leave. there's some chips with zaps. Zaps chips? Something like that. Start with a Z, I think. There's like there's like Louisiana chips that are like uh kettle cooked. Uh, dang, you don't know what I'm talking about? Oh that what boot boosie, bro. Oh my god, dog. I know rap what rap snacks, snacks oh, are, I don't know bro. about the rap snacks. I know what rap oh, okay. snacks. No, it's like, uh, yeah. see, look. Or oh, in the comments, please let me know. I'm pretty sure it's like Zaps chips or something like that. Uh, some type of brand. Now I'm, now I'm mad that I can't think of it. Not crap, bro. We got a whole. Yeah, just brought this up for no reason. But look, man, before yeah, we get out of here. Just look um... it up, man. You're you not a real Louisiana person, bro. Golly, I had to look it up just to make sure I'm not I'm crazy. Not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Waco. But before we get out of here, man, let's uh, just really let's fly through some of these topics. Uh, women's basketball. Yes. Big dub. Oh, my time. goodness. Oh, my uh, goodness. I mean, they got some. I don't I guess since they're women, I can't say studs, but they got some ballers. They got some ballers. Give us some of the. Bro, <laughs> 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 Oh my god. Hey yo. Hey. Oh my goodness. Yeah, they got some ballers. They got some ballers. So yeah, UConn. Texas beat UConn for the first time ever. They were 0-10 before the matchup on Sunday. UConn came down to Austin, played against them. Paige Beckers was able to see her for the first time. She she's a hooper, you know. She really is like that. Now Texas held her to only thirteen points, four rebounds, four assists. So I mean that Texas defense was was locking her up. But you, you a couple plays though, you saw like oh, okay, I see why she was a Gatorade Player of the Year. You know, little scoop layups here and there, real saucy with it. But talk about saucy, my goodness, Rory Harmon, she had more sauce than Ragu. Like that mug was ridiculous 27 points 13 assists five rebounds played 39 minutes oh my goodness barely even came off the court and madison booker true freshman dion gatorade player of the year for the state of mississippi she played all 40 minutes she didn't step off the court two freshmen mm. scored 20 points for four yeah. assists three rebounds i mean they came to play and mind you this was re- without deonna gaston who is the big 12 offensive player of the year candidate in the preseason um and so, without her on the court, Texas still beat UConn by double digits. Like, it it was nasty. And women's basketball legend Rebecca Lobo, she tweeted out after the game, like, Texas basketball is a legit championship contender. Because she was there commentating. She saw she sat courtside. You know, she saw with her own eyes the dominant performance. I mean, Texas got up by 18 at one point. And Rebecca said, if they're going to keep playing like this, they got a shot to win it all. And so, man... That's some high praise. Very high praise. And it's all deserving, too. They're undefeated. They're 9-0. Knocked off UConn. Or oh, 10-0 now. 
um, knocked off UConn. And I mean, the, the, the sky's the limit because all their players are not even healthy yet. So, yeah, they bought out. Mm. Now, it's good to see the changing of the guard. You know, UConn always being one of those ones uh, when it comes to women basketball. Um, but it's good to see some um, more emerging teams um, come out into the to the woodworks and seeing Texas women's. I mean, I was seeing some of the highlights, mm. and I mean, I'm the look. If you're not a if you're not a fan of the, the W, I'm a, I'm I just became a I'm officially a fan of the WNBA. The WNBA has a lot of great talent coming to them. I suggest you locking in yourself with a team. It, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. These last few years in college women's college basketball. You can really see that women's sports, they're, they're getting way better. It's w- getting mm. way more fun to watch. Um, I mean, these girls are hooping. Like, the moves they're doing, it's, it's looking com- more and more comparable to what, what the guys are doing. And it's looking good, man. They're making it look good without all the flashy dunking. So, look, I'm a guy. I'm a supporter of the W, man. Shout out to my Dallas Wings. Shout out to uh, Arika. Arike Ogubawale, Sate Subali, Natasha Howard. Um, yo, shout out to my wings, yo. So hopefully we can we can scoop up one of these uh, top top young gals. I mean, we was in the playoffs. So I don't know. We probably gonna get that back in, but yo, the W got a lot of great talent, man. And sh- hey, if you're not a, if you're not a supporter of the women's basketball, yo, you, y'all gotta lock in because it's it's getting good, man. And it's you just see good. it. You just see uh, it. I guess next- you know when it comes to the development and just uh, the way they see the court. I mean, the vision with a lot of these guards nowadays is tremendous. They're able to set up their bigs so easily. And you know, I just wanted to point out one thing with Rory and her and her stat line: um, thirteen assists, Dion, two turnovers, two turnovers, thirteen mm. assists, twenty-seven points. Two turnovers. That's something that she, I want to say, struggled with struggled with last year, but it definitely was a topic of conversation with how she's taking care of the basketball because she was still getting a lot of assists a year ago. Rory was, but a little bit, you know, high on the tur- turnover ratio. But like this year, my goodness, she's been taking care of the basketball and dishing out assists. I mean, that's that's what's going to put Texas over the top if Rory can continue to control the basketball, run this offense while also scoring. And not just dishing it out, but being a threat on offense and keeping possession of the basketball and not turning it over. This team is really dangerous. And I just can't wait to see if she continues to keep this ball rolling with this turnover to uh, assist ratio um, being so being so high right now. I think that's a that's a great, great thing to have for this offense and just for this team to trust Roy to stay out there and not turn the ball over. Because when she doesn't do that. Man, you see, you see the result. They're able to knock out UConn convincingly. But yeah, Dion, I definitely think a lot of these girls that are coming up. You think of the Andrew Reese's, the Kaylin Clark's, but then also girls like Haley Van Lift and Roy Harmon. Like a lot of these girls that are next up, that's about to go to the W. You know, you want to hop on a team now, so then when one of these college girls gets on the team, then you already know who to cheer for because there's a lot of great hoopers in the NCAA right now. Bro, don't even for, don't, we can't forget about uh what's what's the shorty that's in high school still? Which one? Oh, Leah Chavez. The one you covered. The one you covered. Man. <laughs> Man. Leah <laughs> Chavez. Yeah, up in Lubbock, Lubbock Monterey. Oh my so uh, she got an offer from Texas. She's, she's actually dog. in Texas. She's Texas is in her top 8 right now. So I actually saw Leah on a visit when she came to Texas on a visit uh during the football season. 
um, earlier this year. I forgot what game it was, but she did come on a visit. And after that visit, she did put Texas in her top eight. And folks, <clears throat> folks, folks, <laughs> I'm telling you, seen man, her. Aaliyah Chavez, look her up. She is nice. If Texas is able to land her, um, she, she's just sliding to that spot that yeah. Rory's in right now. I mean, because she can do it all. She really can. And I'm, that was the first woman hooper that I've seen that was like, oh, my goodness. Like, she she's played with dudes growing up. Like, you can tell, like, she is like that. And so, hopefully Texas can can get her on the 40 acres. But, yeah, Leah Chavez is, is, is up next. And so, yeah, that's – and like you said, it just gets better and better. Better and better. It's, yeah. Yeah, no, it – you can you can see the growth that women's basketball is, is 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 you can see it now like oh this is what they've been preparing for like okay yo and so I'm excited man I'm excited but look man we long winded this episode this was a great episode three final thoughts um yo your uh, your whatever uh, entertained you uh, trained you so watch the things that you're you're watching watch the things that you're consuming. Uh, whether that be what you're eating, what you're what you're watching on uh, social media, um, just make sure that you're putting good things in so you can get great things out. Uh, any yeah, final uh, words? Patience, for you? man. I feel like a lot of things in my life recently have just been circled around patience and and just letting go and letting God, you know, let Him handle some things. And uh, heck, even if you think about it in the sports world, right? Like, look at Texas right now. They have to stay patient with Sark. Like, this is year three, and now you're seeing the fruits of all the things that he's planted since year one. And now they're in the college football playoffs. So just be patient for your time, you know, cause your time is coming, um, but allow it to blossom and not, and not try to rush it. But yeah, Dion, as always, thank you so much for your help, you know, with this show. And uh, I just want to shout out again, Michael Finley. I'll uh, see him in new Orleans and uh, he has a elevate you um, organization that he, he's helping out young kids around the nation to get better, get, get active and, and just become a better athlete. And uh, he's trying to elevate people's abilities all around the country. And so I just can't wait to see what he does with his organization. But yeah, thank you all so much for listening in. As always, uh, God bless. And uh, how are we always in the show, Dion, with a little yeah. We hope you enjoyed that episode. Stay up to date with Moe's Nose by subscribing to Corey Moe's on YouTube or simply searching Moe's Nose on Spotify or Apple Music. Thanks for listening and have a great week.